0: Up. Okay, folks, welcome to the Anti-Neocon Report. Andrei Markyanov, a Russian geopolitical analyst and author, who also does a show every Wednesday where he joins Vladimir Trukon, who's a former officer for the Russian General Command staff, on the Politwira show at 1 a.m. Eastern time. They discuss things. Both guys are brilliant. Both guys are funny. He's got a podcast. He has a blog. And he has a Patreon, all in English. Uh, he's authored a number of books which are available on amazon that link is below too many to name he's written almost as many books as thomas Sowell. and before we get going i just want to say quick condolences to my friend larry c johnson who had a death in the family unfortunately Uh, condolences to you but uh, we have andre on now on the anti-neocon report i'm going to start off by asking you sir about a, a particular neocon adam kinzinger Uh, the guy that fell for the ghost of Kiev and thought a comedian named Sam Hyde was the pilot. Have you seen his latest uh, tripwire that he tried to throw in the Imperial Congress?
1: Well, uh, I already lost count how many, uh, how much idiocy this guy produced in the last, whatever, you know, year or so. So I didn't see. I obviously, uh, and I addressed it in my blog, his uh, legislature, Mm -hmm. about the uh, authorization of the use of military force, which is complete insanity, basically. Uh, But other than that, I don't know, did he produce anything else? (laughs) Well, that one was pretty bad.
0: It's the same kind of tripwire as they tried to do in Syria to say, well, if there are any uh, chemical or biological Ah, attacks, you know, which could you know a simple false flag or not even that just a false report of something that didn't even happen could end up as the pretext for a very very nasty war that would not go well for the west and is not going well for the probably the strongest proxy army the west has had in in, in the history i would say yeah yeah Yeah. that was his latest yeah, yeah,
1: that's the latest. Yeah, I'm aware of this. And yeah, uh, it's absolute insanity, basically. And number of people already spoke about it, not least of them, uh, obviously, Colonel Douglas McGregor. But we have to remember that Mr. Kinzinger, uh apart from being a congressman, he's a former lieutenant colonel from Air National Guard. And the guy knows how to fly transport or tanker airplanes, and that's pretty much the limitations of his uh, military professionalism, because obviously he has no clue having a background in political science uh, about the operations and what he's trying to propose, because he still probably thinks that uh, it's a Top Gun one, you know, so and that it's the Gulf War one. Uh, <laughs> Obviously, if he thinks that you can use uh, uh, United States Armed Forces in conventional conflict with Russia, in Russia's immediate uh, geographic vicinity, and somehow survive it, uh, I mean, the guy really needs the, to check his head, basically. You know, I heard he is not going to be running for the Congress anymore. And that's probably good news, because there are enough crazies there already. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: So they don't need uh, another one who is coming up with absolutely uh, ridiculous things. And again, uh, it just confirms my um, constant, uh, so to speak, point for many years, which I make. Uh U.S. Congress doesn't know what real war is. Yeah. They have no clue about it. I mean, they don't understand what is, what real operations are, what combined arms warfare is, and so yeah, that's that's what you get. Well, when they had you, the uh, House like
0: Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who looked like she was drunk, banging her jewelry on the, the podium there, saying, "I want to blow up some tanks," <laughs> just
1: yeah, like you can yeah. just fly
0: over and blow up tanks, like in the Hollywood movies. You know, they've stacked yeah, all they, this stuff in air support. They're running out of artillery shells. They're actually running out of artillery shells because they all, you know, air you know, air support works when you're fighting insurgents that don't have any air defense. But yeah. that's not Russia.
1: Well, uh, uh, General Latif, uh, Major General Latif, uh, author of a number of the books, including uh, one of them, which is called The Future War. The guy has a Ph.D. in physics and he served for 20 years in DARPA. He is uh, basically straightforward on the record in his books that everything American majority of American public and American political class know about warfare they know from the entertainment and I quoted him so you have these people yeah like Nancy Pelosi who they watch Hollywood and they think oh here that's the real war or you have those you know mercenaries or the guys uh, who go fight uh, you know uh, in Ukraine and they have this so-called quote unquote combat experience in Afghanistan or Iraq primarily against their uh, uh, insurgents so they get there to ukraine they get blown up by caliber missiles or uh, 152 millimeter uh, artillery and for them it's like what the hell is going on there well that's the real war actually you know you get blown up you know you get maimed and you uh, get this you know in the industrial quantities not like one here one there if caliber or iskander flies into your uh, locality with its uh, 550 kilograms of the high explosive. So, and uh, y- you can lose anywhere between uh, five, ten to 100 people in one goal, you know? So, and uh, that's the real war. I'm sorry. That's the only way the real war works.
0: they have having a sound issue on Odyssey. Well, there's nothing I can do. I don't have the guy in the chair, so... I'm recording it on my end, so don't worry about it. I'll play it in anyway. These few, uh, this so, is this is always that when I have an exciting guest, there's some technical blah. Oh,
1: okay, so yeah, if it's
0: recorded, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna record it anyway. Who cares about live? That was just for them, but I don't yeah. know what else to do. Sure. I, I hate multitasking this kind of stuff. Like it worked just uh, four minutes ago, and uh, we yeah. actually called before the thing, and it was fine. Oh well, it's. <laughs> that is what it is
1: yeah sure just recorded. it just give me the uh what's the name of it uh the is link he,
0: yeah i'll do it. just put it up on there like it's working on entropy they're saying no i'm not restarting the stream guys just go watch it on entropy i'm not messing with this in the middle of a live stream you go click on the link okay and it's also working on rumble somebody probably just has something wrong with their thing go eat a bowl of dicks okay <laughs> i just can't okay. i can't stand these people man these mm. so like there's been i would break up the modern warfare into three spheres you have the the economic warfare which did not go as the u.s planned remember uh biden saying the ruble is down 30 percent they're gonna be broke blah, blah. yeah you know, and now it's the best performing currency in the world there's the physical operation obviously and there's the, also the propaganda realm And it seems like Russia's been winning the first two and just ignoring the third one, I guess because over time results will trump all the lies anyway. But there has been a recent shift on mass media, including Ukraine leadership itself, about how the war is going. They just admitted a 1,000 men a day are being put out of action with 200 to 500 killed. What do you think they're doing, like finally telling the truth there? Because it appeared like at first... The military-industrial complex was just dumping a bunch of obsolete junk, the javelins that are 10 years old and stuff, into Ukraine. But now the, the poly-science, trust the science guys are saying, well, we're, we're going to send the real weapons soon. I'm uh, not sure what those could be. Maybe something fast and strong enough to hit the Crimean Bridge, perhaps. But uh, these real weapons, uh, I don't know, Neptunes or whatever, in a couple months, they're not going to make it a couple months if they're losing 1,000 people a day.
1: No, they not. And uh, first, they finally started to listen uh, to Pentagon, actually. And I'm on the record, their last vestige of any kind of competence and professionalism in the United States today, sad as it sounds. And believe me, it doesn't give me a pleasure. To uh, say that, because obviously I live in the United States, I'm U.S. citizen, you know, and looking at uh, seeing how the country is being basically disassembled is obviously not a joy. But Pentagon and especially its middle level operational officers, you know, people of the levels of, you know, those uh, brigadier generals and colonels who do actually follow the events. They—they are the last vestige of the competence. We cannot rely on State Department, which is completely corrupt, and you know. So you have those guys who finally get the message across that hey, it's over, Ukraine is losing, you know, and uh, so then the political uh, figures now begin to move uh, towards the basically inevitable and in this particular case uh they have to do their you know this dance political dance and they have to maintain the good face you know uh, or try to save their face uh, when they will see and they are already seeing it they're coming in basically for the armed forces of ukraine which basically have been destroyed as organized force uh, capable of force in the last uh, three months, there's very little left in terms of the actual effective combat force there, except for those uh, uh, areas of the cauldrons, which are basically isolated now in uh, Donbass republics.
0: Yeah, i'm asking.
1: Yeah, and not only that, there are more to it than just that. There are few, a few of them actually there. And there's three big ones.
0: See,
1: <laughs> yeah, and when you see this, it's just what you're going to do. You have to really start moving, you know, and trying to... Uh, you know, try to uh, push this guy uh, Zelensky, you know, to some kind of resolution. But again, the problem, of course, is we passed this point too. There were the negotiations, and as Kissinger and others say now trading, including Jens Stoltenberg, this uh, talking head for NATO, uh, saying that you have to trade the territory for peace. We passed this point, you know, it was making sense like two months ago, Now it's over, you know, so, and um, yesterday, uh, I didn't see confirmation, but it was reported somewhere in Russian media, so I just simply uh, didn't have the chance to go there. Uh, Mr. Denis Pushilin, the uh, head of the Donetsk Republic, kind of dropped a little bit of bomb, you know, so which gives uh, really kind of a little bit of insight when he stated, yeah, we need to go and uh, liberate Kharkov and the whole Kharkov area hike of this uh, oblast and um, that tells you basically where the next phase will be.
0: It, what I was getting at in the question is, and I agree with Douglas McGregor, and also uh, Colonel Lawrence Wilkerson uh, mentioned this as well, that it seems to be that Congress more or less is just listening to the donor class. Not They don't really know anything about anything, but a lot of their donors just think you can you know, throw some money at it, and They've been profiteering on you know, Raytheon and so on in this junk that they're throwing into Ukraine. But that they're suddenly admitting the losses seems like, oh, they need a pretext for another phase of arms sales or escalation of some sort. Uh, well, uh, this might be true. I'm not
1: 100% positive about that. But hey, uh, uh, yes, I can only repeat what uh, 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 Russian side says. And th- that's pretty simple. No matter what they uh, deliver there, it wouldn't make any difference, really, you know. It's going to be blown up, uh, annihilated, and uh, again, uh, there is nothing what they can do unless they want to go for some gigantic false flag. Uh, but then again, all the bets are off, and uh, Russia already warned the United States, as was the case with the HIMARS anything flies into Russian territory, well, uh, their uh, response will be not on Kiev. The response will be on the
0: decision-making centers. So there you go. Yeah, it seems to be. Uh, the propaganda front, I don't know if you use Twitter, I'm banned on it, but uh, it's going very well for Ukraine on Twitter or Facebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it just seems like, well, they did this with the Iraq Wars, too. It was like all the propaganda about weapons of mass destruction. And I thought, what are they going to say when there aren't any? And they didn't have to say anything. They just bold-faced lied. And, oh, well, wars already. We already got what we wanted. Yeah, we lied. So what? Uh, and that's why I liked Putin's speech about the empire of lies. All these wars start with a lie. And none of them have gone very well, even in the very lopsided uh, affairs. There hasn't really been a real war war since, I guess, Korea. Korea, uh, yeah. Yeah, and fine. But that was generations ago. And I don't think Europe or America or Canada were prepared for a peer-to-peer war. But they did have, you know, well, Ukraine by the mean they eight years to prepare. And they kept poking the bear and murdering people in the Donbass. What the hell did they think they were going to achieve are these just the oligarchs that want to make money off of the conflict or did they really are they that ignorant and stupid that they just thought oh russia will just take it i mean that's the most confusing thing to me why if there if russia's built up on your border on february 17th would you roll in heavy artillery and start firing it into the donbass like oh what could this what what result did they think was going to happen they must have wanted this war
1: Oh, well, they wanted this war because they were completely misguided due to ignorance and incompetence uh, of the result of it. They were just did know what it is, and they don't. I mean, I'm sorry, it is what it is. And uh, uh, again, I can uh, defer to Colonel McGregor, who said yesterday that that basically our experiences in Iraq, Afghanistan, absolutely meaningless in this particular uh, situation. Plus, you you shouldn't forget also, not just uh, the uh, fiscal material interest, which, of course, Ukraine being a great laundromat for a lot of money there, especially for DNC, Mm-hmm. But you have to remember, that don't discount, don't remove this factor, which is the factor of ambition and exceptionalism. You have the po- American political class is utterly ignorant, and uh, they substitute ignorance with their uh, egos larger than cathedrals, you know, <laughs> and it's, uh, that's what it is. They really th- thought that beating the heck out of the third world, third raid backward, Saddam's army in '91 was the real war. We're having half a year, you know, to accumulate and preposition forces without any interference. And you that
0: know. was right after the Iraq had a horrible war with Iran.
1: Yeah, for 10 years, yeah. But uh, the point is, I mean, guys, this is not real war. This was the Turkish shirt, you know. You want the real war? This is just even, and even that is a kind of limited combined arms operation. But its intensity, scale, is what is expected, you know.
0: But even this is special military operation. It's not even full mobilization. Oh
1: no, 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 no! no, It's nothing like that. And the fact is, we're looking at around probably 10 percent of Russian uh, forces really getting uh, involved there, you know. But that's the. Thing they don't understand what they're dealing with, and of course, when you are so ignorant, but yet you are so ambitious, you so believe in your own propaganda, that's what you. What happens? They really thought that Ukraine can actually, you know, inflict horrendous losses on the Russian army, and then maybe, you know, hold it on some line, you know, creating the number of Stalingrad's, so to speak. And oh. but yes. But, again, look at those people who planned that. Look well, you're at right.
0: That. They actually said there were, there were politicians that said they wanted it to be a new Afghanistan, referring to the Afghan-Russia conflict in the 80s. I think they wanted to create a porcupine and sit there on the defense because they thought that these sanctions were going to bleed Russia dry and that time would be on their side. And then the opposite happened. Yeah, they made a porcupine. They dug a bunch of trenches or whatever. They're outranged by artillery. The sanctions had the only one bleeding is Europe and the United States. And the U.S. is not just the sanctions on Russia. It's just the idiot policies from Joe Biden anyway, printing all this money and inflation. That was happening before the war. So the time, the clock, Russia can sit back all day. They have no reason to charge in and create a Stalingrad situation. They can surround places like they did Mariupol and just wait for them to run out of fuel and ammo and have a mass surrender. And it seemed, that's like the most humane way to do a war, <laughs> least amount of casualties to yourselves. So they, you know, they're not getting their new Afghanistan, but uh, no one seems to be there to tell them the truth. And the career people are afraid to give them the answers that they don't want to hear because, you know, in the United States, everybody's failing upwards. Uh, and if you talk about things in a realistic way, you're fired. I heard you uh, most recently, at least most recent podcasts I heard you do at least, talk about what might be underlying all of that, and that is the abysmal condition of U.S. education, both public school and higher education. Compare that to, to uh, how it is in Russia for a sec. First, uh, we need to understand that major,
1: overwhelming majority of the American political class are people with so-called soft degrees in uh, political science, history, journalism, and PR. The best you can hope for will be some kind of business degree. So they are ultimately ignorant on their main mechanisms which drive modern geopolitics, and the foundation of the modern geopolitics is economic and military power, always was, Always is and always will be but when you uh, begin to uh judge everything in terms of dollar value and it's not in the value the terms of dollar price you're not gonna get far and that's my uh point i wrote three books on that american elites are ignorant period they don't understand things and it's even if you read Mike Hutt, Michael Hudson's uh, book uh, about super-imperialism, but uh, he, he mentions it uh, elsewhere many times, you have the uh, people who don't even know what real economy is and how economy should be taught. Yeah. You see? So then what do you expect? You have the bunch of the ignorant, uh, you know, political class, and what kind of uh, decision do you expect from them? Obviously, they will make their very bad and wrong decisions, and that's exactly what happens. Well,
0: they don't. Plus, not only are they lacking STEM, they don't know their humanities either. No, they you don't. You know, we we've got Juneteenth coming up, which they think was this is this is U.S. history. It should be we have a very short history, so shouldn't he ought to have all the details? They think Juneteenth is when slavery ended in the United States because of an order made in Texas. That is wrong. Slavery ended with the uh, on December sixth with the Thirteenth Amendment, that's what they ended slavery and and it, the last states to get led of slavery were all in the north, New Jersey, Kentucky, Delaware, West Virginia, and so on. but it, they had the President of the United States so everybody in the media just go along with this lie and so they don't even know the basic Civil War history, which wasn't that long ago <laughs> and there's nobody there to correct them. If you say otherwise on any social media, they just get rid of your account. And, you know, we've got people with uh, degrees and such and such that don't even know the basics. And then when you go over to STEM, th- the stuff I saw in your video for the entrance exam and stuff on MIT is the things I did in seventh grade in yeah. mathematics. Yeah. I did not know it had, like, fallen so far so fast.
1: Oh, no, it uh, wasn't so fast, actually. It was going, uh, rolling down the hill for a while now. And uh, especially with the concept built around, uh, first, uh, I'm not IQ uh, proponent. I mean, it's just one part of the much larger issue of the intelligence. But uh, the whole standardized tests, uh, Yeah, IQ United- just kind of
0: tells you the extreme ends, which you would know anyway.
1: Yeah. And uh, the issue is that it is completely IQ based. It has nothing to do with the uh, knowledge and knowledge is hard one. Education is hard. Real education, you do have to learn. You do have to memorize a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But basically, what is given in SATs and SATs are those quirky things, you know, which have nothing to do with the actual, say, mathematics, let alone physics, which is not taught as the separate subject in the United States in public education. And as a result, yeah, you have this dramatic disparity. And, uh, uh, again, um, even the best students from the, uh, uh, you know, some private schools in the United States, they will not do well on the entrance exams, for example, in the good level STEM uh, 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 institution or any military academy in Russia. They will not pass it.
0: Right. And if they-, they do, it's not because of their public education. It's because of some no, no, of no, because, they did yeah. on their own.
1: Yeah, there's something which is that, you know, private tutoring into the, uh, you know, some type of the, you know, advanced uh, uh, matters. And believe me, I did it for many years. I had a, a tutoring service until 2010, and I taught many kids like that. And not only kids, students from universities, but the uh, uh, point is that, you uh, Even today in Russia, you have to go through the, not just getting the standardized test on the exit from high school. You go to the serious STEM institution, you have to go back to the uh, trial exams, entrance exams. You have to go through physics, mathematics, chemistry, you know, things of this nature. And they are grueling. They are grueling. The academic level is what is being taught in the United States on the first, second year in the uh, universities.
0: Well, universities in general in the U.S. Have, are, I don't know, just indoctrination, a lot of them. I'm not sure yeah, what they're yeah. learning. They have all these made-up degrees now about gender studies and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: queer studies. Uh, and again, uh, yeah, I looked at the uh, uh, programs on so-called political science. On a number of universities (laughs) it's preposterous first I, I I'm on record okay there is no such thing as political science okay never existed doesn't exist never will exist it's basically political history of the world that's what it is and it's the politics which is not you know anybody with IQ above room temperature can figure it out the problem is it's a hodgepodge collection of the random facts about the politics you know uh uh, arms race geopolitics and things of this nature which is uh, you know kind of thrown together kind of mixed in some kind of you know pot and here it is degree and then we wonder why not not a single good competent work on geopolitics came out of the united states for, for the last 30 35 years well come to think about for the last whatever years you know And uh, you have this absolute, uh, you know, pseudo-academic garbage, like Brzezinski geopolitics, you know, Kissinger writing on something. Uh, Of course, we have Fukuyama. I mean, uh, we have this Council on Foreign Relations. (laughs) It's just preposterous. Those people don't know the last thing, uh, first thing about anything, let alone about the modern geopolitics, modern military power, modern combat technologies, you know, modern economics, and, of course, They have no clue never did and i'm on record i wrote again books on that they have no clue what russia is what russian culture history and economy are oh they They all thought kicking them
0: off the swift system would handicap russia I mean, they've been building a war chest for eight years and i I mean i wrote about that too like i said that's not going to work at all they're doing this this and that but yet you know there are some there are some economists or people that get it that the souls, the Ron Paul's and some of the Austrians and stuff, but by and large, I mean, they are there's just dumbfounded why there's inflation. They said at first there wasn't any, then they said it's transitory. Then they said it's actually good for you. And then they said yeah. Putin did it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Russians are guilty of everything, you know. So it's... Hacked the election, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, everything. Uh, And yeah, they don't understand that Putin is so omnipotent that, yeah, he raises the... There is a meme now in Russia, Putin sitting and signing some kind of decree. And they say now Putin signed the decree to raise prices in the United States. Yeah. I mean, he's um, he, he's omnipotent, you know. He, yeah, everything in, bad in the United States is Putin. Well, he yeah, did.
0: shortage it, of baby formula now. Oh, absolutely. You know. Yeah, that's, it's FSB. Yeah, yes,
1: FSB. FSB. <laughs> no, they yeah, would so that
0: you're giving them too much credit. They'd say KGB. They don't even know. Yeah, yeah, they don't even know FSB. Like yeah, <laughs> they still, yeah, say, <laughs> you
1: still think that Russia is the Soviet Union. Right. I mean,
0: well, they think all of Eastern Europe is Russia. And they also yeah. think all of Latin America is Mexico.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's the <laughs> kind of uh, people who get into the position of power.
0: Mm-hmm. So. That's, And that's not just uh, random, like, drugged-out Californians or something. These are people in Congress. There are people in Congress that deny evolution. There are people in Congress that just... I don't know how they got in there. They're compromised, so they got promoted or something. But you'd think out of 330 million people that we could find better than what we have. Yeah. Like Lloyd Austin is embarrassing. Kamala Harris is embarrassing. Did you see her speech where she said Russia is a big country, Ukraine is a smaller country in Europe? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah listen, I cannot take them for very long because it's uh,
0: literally painful, it's cringeworthy
1: and uh, it's insult to intelligence And again, I'm not exaggerating here you know so it's uh, same happens with the US media it's it's unwatchable mainstream media you cannot watch or listen to them. The NPR still pushes uh, the Russia gate as a uh, you know as oh, an yes. actual fact. They still do it. They still think that, uh, you know, this garbage, which this uh, steel and whatever the sources from Ukraine uh, provided. uh, And again, make no mistake, I'm no Trump, uh, you know, fan. I voted for him, you know, but he was like, I was damage control. Yeah, it's like, so it's it's absolute idiocracy. You know, Mike Mike Judge in, in 2006, making this genius movie, you know, he was a prescient, you know, basically. That's idiocracy. That's what we're getting into. And it's dangerous, of course, when it is idiocracy with the uh, uh, country which uh, has many nuclear weapons.
0: Idiocracy was supposed to be a comedy. Many of them, people now think it was a horror film.
1: Uh, yeah, well, I see it
0: as a prophecy.
1: It's prophecy. Well, I see this documentary almost. Now. It's
0: documentary.
1: <laughs> we we really cannot get now in Casca without. Oh, welcome to Casca. I love you. You know, it's it becomes an, almost like you know you cannot get rid of this phrase anymore because that's how influential this movie was. And You're this
0: close how... to ouch my balls and Captain Mountain Dew or whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's just absolutely. It's hilarious. It's so influential for people. I will not say we're smart people, you know, but we're so, certainly not the dumbest ones, you know. So and yeah, we now you cannot get latte anymore without you know just hand job and all that stuff. It's it's hilarious. It's just absolutely just look. You look at this. It's he was presigned you know. He was presigned It's absolutely and it's scary how many things begin to look like, you know. So, I'll yeah, tell you a
0: funny story. I was watching the new like U.S. news when the when the whole thing came out. Uh, with a bunch of Japanese people and uh-huh. Biden was being Biden, right? Just making up yeah. words and whatever. Yeah, and yeah. there I forgot is, in particular what stupid thing he said, but everyone turned around to me like, like, you know, obviously they messed up the translation. He couldn't have really said that. Right. I'm like, Oh no, that's accurate actually. <laughs> Cause they were like, no, nah, they messed that yeah, up. Right. I'm yeah. like, no, no, that's what he said. Yeah,
1: I know it's it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. And again, uh, Russians already have this uh, uh, term, and they use the uh, present continuous, you know, uh, forms of verbs. They it's it's there now. It's in wide circulation in Russia. It's called psaking. You know, it's uh, after Jen Psaki, you know, she's, yeah, it's sucking. That's that's how it's called. And now when uh, they describe, it's ridiculous. I mean, that's the whole point. People don't understand. They are being now, obviously, everybody fears that some, uh, you know, crazy uh, guy will, will push the button, you know. But for the most part, people laugh at the United States now. It's unbelievable. That's why they don't understand. They already lost it, you know. Once you begin to, you know, when people begin to laugh at you, it's over, man,
0: you know? Well, I think Germany might be, like, in the race, too, for self-sabotage. Oh, my gosh. At least we're not them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, it's, uh, those are not normal people at all. I mean, there is no any kind of common sense there. And Germans were committing economic suicide for a while now, you know? Yeah, uh, they
0: turned off their nuclear power and then had to buy it from France.
1: Yeah, and, uh, well, France is the whole other story altogether on its own, you know. So Europeans are done, sadly, sadly, you know. I spoke to people, my friends, uh, they were uh, from, let's say, Germany and Spain, and and they were very high up there, and I'm talking about, like, really high up. And we've been talking, and some of them said, you know what, I don't see, uh, he was a former member of the board of huge bank, And he says, uh, I don't see any other outcome unless, of course, something just completely collapses and we have the shock of our our life, equaling to World War II or, you know, like uh, Great Depression. Mm -hmm. Maybe then we will begin to start thinking if anything will be able, if anything will be restorable, so to speak, after that.
0: You know, I just dealt with the horrors of U.S. banking and U.S. air travel. I was just yeah. went to Texas and back. End up having to go to Florida. Long story, but I this is an empire falling apart. Like nothing works. No one can do their job. Everyone's incompetent. And they're worried about equity and identity politics and all this nonsense that doesn't matter. At yeah. just as everything's falling apart, and people are eating themselves to death. On top of that, and it's just degenerate and full of depravity. And uh, and then you you know you look at the news and it's a circus and then you you know I listen to the Russian foreign ministers or Putin and I think wow a grown-up they're actually well, having adult conversations here we don't get that and it's not because they're dumbing it down it's because they are dumb
1: yeah I know and uh, the people who cannot speak even without the piece of paper anymore and it, uh, it's so ironic when in 80s we were laughing between us on the, you know, geriatric p- police bureau? Well, they were not geriatric. They were actually young guys. You know, uh, Brezhnev died in 82 at the fresh young age of 73, for crying out loud. Granted, of course, he was a real war uh, veteran, and his stuttering and speech obviously was affected because he, w- was, uh, he-, he received that horrendous confusion, actually fighting, you know, actual war. Mm-hmm. and that of, of course affected his speech but other than that my gosh the guy died at 73 and we thought he was ancient i look at pelosi i look at those mcconnells or biden or trump even mm-hmm. these are ancient people i mean for crying out loud well henry kissinger is still around granted he is not is in 90s, i think yeah it's like wow look at that you hey, man do those people we can think think straight i doubt it
0: kissinger has you know? lived long enough to be one of the smart guys because it's all, all the real smart guys are gone uh and we didn't have many but that's well, the, you know they they talk about like oh kissinger or like maybe a james baker or somebody like oh these people are realists whatever and i think compared to some of the other trash sure No, James
1: Baker was a great diplomat, and he was actually a smart guy. I mean, he was respected even by Russians, you know, and uh, that time, uh, American uh, diplomacy was American diplomacy. I mean, there were many people of the high quality. Again, I always uh, give the example of esteemed uh, uh, Jack Matlock, ambassador, last uh, uh, American ambassador in the Soviet Union. And initially, in, in initial stages of uh, New Russia. These were people highly educated, you know, very capable and uh, smart.
0: But they let the Richard Pearls and people like that jerk them around. Like, oh, as smart yeah. as they were, they'd allow AIPAC or whoever to just bribe well, them to do yeah. something stupid. So, their social intelligence wasn't very high or, or something. I don't well, know. It's, just, it's Washington's let's a swamp. <laughs>
1: yeah, let's face it. Uh, neocons have been brought on board big time by Reagan. Okay, Mm -hmm. this is that's when it all came kind of to speak in uh, uh, how to say it in industrial quantities into their own board, you know, because of Reagan, just absolutely fanatical anti-Sovietism. And guess what? You get those Trotskyists, you know, Mm -hmm. all those, uh, you know, neo-Bolsheviks and people, some of them are obviously Israel connected or Jewish connected who also went there to settle scores with Russia. Despite the fact that, you know, so, and that's how it but all got dominated. And even now Reagan have...
0: and Bush, like uh, the Bush senior, called them the crazies in the basement. Like, it, well, we use them because they're so anti yeah, Soviet or yeah. whatever, but they knew don't give them any real power. Bush the lesser just let them have free reign. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: They finally bro- broke through, and we have what we have, and there you go. And uh, these are the people who run U.S. foreign policy, which is. Uh, Not really foreign policy, and uh, again, uh, it's in Russia, for example, it is called, you know, non-agreement capable. You cannot negotiate with these people anything. That is why basically uh, all contacts are pretty much frozen. To discuss what? With who? Apart from them being incompetent, they are also, you know, uh, uh, flaming proselytizing ideologues, Mm -hmm. you know, who do not even understand basic facts.
0: The McGregor so just away. called them the bully class. Like, they go in and they make threats. They don't know how to negotiate at all. They don't know the history or culture of anywhere where they're going. No, they no. sent Kamala Harris to talk to the Polish. She'd never even been to Europe. Uh, come on. We had other people, like, as bad as it is. <laughs> why her? I mean, that was meant to, meant to fail, had to be.
1: Well, uh, Mr. Sullivan and Mr. Blinken already had their uh, experience with talking to uh, Chinese
0: right. who
1: wiped the floor with them, basically, you know. And uh, So, yeah, it's difficult. And, uh, again, uh, and, again, I'm also on record. I wrote about it. American political class is very provincial. It is very uncultured. It really is. They are not well-read. They are not well, uh, n- n- you know, culturally nourished. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you have these people, you know, just getting around people like Maria Zakharova or Sergei Lavrov, what do you have? Lavrov uh, uh, was told uh, last year to one of the uh, CNN uh, report, oh no, BBC reporters. He told them, "I'm not going to answer your questions. Just go out and write whatever you want. Lie it. You you're not going to publish my answers anyway. You know." And I quote him and he just simply stopped uh, you know communicating
0: with them well even you know rt america is not that good like uh you know relative to the three-letter networks is better but uh they haven't really been publishing a lot of great things like they they they've gone downhill quite a bit but oh yeah are they trying oh. to get back in good graces because they're banned on youtube they're banned on telegram for most countries banned, <coughs> Ban, ban, ban. That seems to be the only realm where the U.S. or the West is still powerful is in media. They totally dominate social media and Hollywood propaganda and so on.
1: Well, uh, they are, but uh, for example, again, if we talk about special military operation in Ukraine, uh, Russians don't care. It's what they know about themselves which matters, you know. Mm -hmm. And in this field, West, uh, you know, sustained a crushing defeat, you know, ideologically and PR-wise, you know. Because they obviously don't understand Russian culture, Russian attitudes towards war, and the whole uh, shebang, so to speak, you know. So, and RT, I mean, I don't know if they want to go back on YouTube or what have you, but it was rolling down the hill, and uh, it's. Uh, I use them once in a while, but uh, yeah, the materials and their quality. Well, let's put it this way: they still were a very much liberal outlet even before that. Mm. If you read it intentionally, primarily people they were given uh, the Tribune there were also from the kind of liberal pro-Western wing of Russian, I won't call them elite, but people near elites, you know? Mm. So, and, but what can I say? Hey, at least they publish once in a while the materials which you will not find in the mainstream U.S. media.
0: I used to do reports for them sometimes, and I like Peter Lavelle, and he's been on the show a few times. But... I, I agree with you. It's, I mean, like a lot of media, it's just liberal. Um, yeah. yeah. But they, they've been far more honest than, uh, well, yeah. let say, CNN or something that knowingly lies to you all the time. Knowingly lies. So With, with Ukraine, I think about 70% of their budget comes from the West. And yeah. so they're not really... When someone, they'll say, oh, Zelensky's not in charge. It's these Azov Nazis that are in charge. I would say... No, the Pentagon is in charge. Uh, they're the ones budgeting everything over there. I mean, your thoughts on that, on, on who's really running the show over there? Um, okay,
1: let's uh, kind of make it uh, clear from the get-go. While Zelensky is to a degree a puppet, he does have support of a large portion of Ukrainian population.
0: Well, yeah, he outlawed everything else.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, and so we shouldn't discount it. So it's not just Zelensky. Uh, Ukraine is a whole other thing altogether. It's, uh, um, it's that's why one of the uh, main uh, uh, objectives which were declared by Putin at the start of the uh, military operation, there was denazification. There are many people there who are not only brainwashed, which there is a huge percentage of that, but there are people who are genuine articles. They're real deals. They hate Russia with all their hearts, you know, and their support for their, uh, you know, their armed forces, which are basically already decimated, is not in terms like "oh, stop the war" or think of that. No, it's indeed like give them better weapons, allow them to kill more Russians. So. Let's not make any kind of illusions about the fact that, well, there is certainly eastern part of Ukraine, which is definitely at least Russophone, although even that not fully pro-Russian, if you would say. They just don't want war and they want to live their lives. Mm -hmm. Now they don't care under who, you know. But if you go to the central Ukraine, let alone western Ukraine, there is a genuine hatred of Russia and or uh, in this particular case uh, united states pentagon ca whoever was uh, including united kingdom NMI-6 and mi-6 uh, and th- that type of structures they were capitalizing on what was already there mm-hmm. so it's not like they created it anew. no it was always there it was there during the soviet times you know
0: that was so kind of it, fostered from galen times onward i mean right after world war ii they kept the contingency of the banderas and all that and the u.s yes. knew because yeah. they wanted they wanted to, you know a buffer with the Soviets. that was the new enemy.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's, and, it's yeah, easier
0: it, to to pump up something that already exists and to create something from scratch. but I'm just looking at who's okay, you know a lot of people follow Zelensky. He has power in the sense that you know he's the leader, they look at him, and Azov has a lot of power. they're getting the weapons and so on. but if 70 percent of their budget comes from outside their country. It's really not a country.
1: Yeah, it's well, outside, not a state.
0: You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: yeah, it's not a state anymore. Yeah, it's basically propped financially by the combined West, United States and Europe, and uh, as a state, it's the whole superficial structure there, basically. You know, so and uh, we will see again. As I said, uh, Denis Pushinin talking about the uh, talking about Kharkov and all that. So we'll see where it all goes. But uh, uh, as I already stated. Uh, Many times I'm not in the know. I'm not privy to obviously high-level, you know, uh, uh, information for uh, of the military-political uh, top of Russia. But we already approximately can see where it is all going. And now the question is: Will Russia allow even the uh, rump, which will be left uh, isolated from Black Sea, uh, 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 allowed to exist as Ukraine per se? This I don't know. Well, there seems the to be some, sy-
0: at least symbolic, uh, importance to Odessa, where you know they, yeah, unfortunately, people were burned to death in the building, and uh, <laughs> it would landlock Ukraine as well.
1: Yeah, that's so probably going to happen.
0: Looks like and, it. And
1: yeah, but other than that, uh, I don't know. We'll see. You know, we we'll, we'll, you know, uh, honestly, uh, big time war in term in terms of liberation of Donbass is winding down because there was very little they can do now to change the course uh, of all that uh, after that we'll see only kremlin knows what what's what's coming next
0: it's really up to them because that- the time to negotiate was in the very beginning. They've sunk in too much for them to to accept, oh, you want to quit now that you're losing badly. Uh-uh. All this territory. First of all, donbas that was already stated objective. That's going to be either independent or part of Russia. It's never going to be part of Ukraine. Even if they did just suddenly invent some super-duper weapon, whatever, and started winning, the people who live there are never going to be part of Ukraine after all of this. So just yeah. give it up. Like, why... Whatever, you know, now you've got a land corridor through Mariupol all the way to Crimea. That's going to stay. Kyrgyzstan going to be Russian. They're already, they're already supermarkets. Yeah, they're yeah, trading yeah, they in rubles. And things Russia, are, exactly.
1: And uh, Russia already told, well, uh, Donbass is definitely a different uh, uh, situation because it was already, uh, uh, be, it has been uh, integrated into Russia for the last eight years. Right. And so it's obvious they're not going to be separate republics. They want, they really want into Russia, and that's going to happen. Kherson, uh, uh, Kremlin told them to cool it down a little bit for now. You know, obviously, down the road, they probably will enter, uh, become Russia, and they want to do that. The rest, we'll see. You know, I don't know. It's difficult to say now.
0: Yeah, the only thing in the East that's a question mark for me is Kharkiv. Like, that's. You know, yeah. Right next, it's adjacent to Donbass and and the Russian border, so that is a question. I don't think they'll go that much further past the Dnepr River, and uh, it's for what? I mean, you, and do what with it? Just have an insurgency for fifty years? Like those people hate you with the utmost passion, and you can't change, click the culture off like that, and you no, no, you can't. just kill can. them all. Yeah. So what? You know, why occupy? Just leave it. You know, but yeah, well, you-, you just
1: destroy the armed forces. Uh, leave them as a romp, uh, install a, a regime, so to speak, you know, which is uh, very demilitarized. All the people say, many people in Russia say, yeah, we we'll probably have to go all the way. I don't know. It's difficult for me to judge, really. I'm not on the ground there, so I always say, don't ask me these questions, really, because I don't know. Kremlin will decide. I'm sure they have... Way more information and much more reliable information than we ever will have. So they they know what they're doing. You know, so far they did really well.
0: Yeah, they seem to be winning on all fronts now, including the propaganda war. Because yeah. ultimately, in when it comes to propaganda, you can only lie for short you know short term gains because results are going to slap yeah. you in the face at the end of the oh, day. Oh,
1: absolutely! Right. You never win anything in PR. The real victories are uh, usually on the battlefield, you know, Mm -hmm. plus Russians are extremely patient and in almost Chinese way, you know, Chinese proverb says, I believe if you sit long, uh, uh, long uh, enough at the shore of the river, you will see the body of your enemy floating by eventually, you know so that's pretty much what is happening
0: they have been doing they've been fighting like Asians doing a lot of Mongolian tactics and stuff and Golden Bridge and things like that it works that's how you win land battles that's been proven many times so I know I guess I don't really have time to squeeze in another one because you do have to go uh, in a few minutes but I do want you to just tell people where they can find you uh, your work your Patreon and so on
1: Oh, no, it's a very simple. Uh, well, I, I'm using this uh, handle. It, it has nothing to do with porn or anything. It's just Smoothie X12. Okay. It's just the way it happened. It's stuck to me for the last 15 years. And uh, so they just dial my Smoothie X12 channel in YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it also has links to uh, the name of my blog is actually a reminiscence of the future. If you kind of put it into google or whatever yahoo i'm pretty sure you can find me immediately with my blog and they're all links to patreon and books and everything are all there so it's pretty easy to find me
0: yeah the books are on amazon as well and YouTube you know you might want to consider getting a backup to that because they do ban people out of the blue over nothing so
1: well oh, I have my videos saved and I believe I'm still on Odyssey
0: Odyssey good yeah and so cool.
1: I didn't upload that anything but if need be I can always do that so I'm not really worried about uh, YouTube you know basically uh, well but then again I'm I'm pretty much concentrated on operational matters you know, it's difficult to say that. Why should they really?
0: I mean, it's, well, they don't need a reason. They have unwritten rules. I mean, that's why they banned Scott Ritter and Pepe Escobar from, uh, yeah. because they didn't go with the narrative. I had a question from the audience that says, is Russia going to leave Elinsky breathing? They dropped the Z because he banned the letter Z yeah everybody it's it's a it's a joke yeah it's he's yelensky because letter
1: z is the letters v and o are also problematic
0: (laughs) how are you gonna get rid of o
1: (laughs) so yeah that's you know
0: russia should use all vowels
1: (laughs) yeah that's that's funny you know so but
0: (laughs) oh there you go smoothie x12.blogspot.com there's the website dizzy just stuck it in the chat I'm gonna have that if you're watching this on A and C Report, all the links are below anyway. But I'm multicasting on a bunch of things, so y'all go to A uh, and C Report when this is done. I'll have all the links. The books are excellent. I ordered a couple. It's gonna take a while to get to Japan, I think. But um, I I've been reading you. I even get uh, summaries of your show in Russian. And I hope you keep on keeping on. There are not a lot of sane voices that are telling the truth about this conflict. It's really just a handful of people. So I very much appreciate your work and what you're doing. Well,
1: thank you very much.
0: And we will. Uh, I will continue to to follow you. So thank you for your time, sir. I'll let you go. I uh, hope I didn't hold you over. Kinda no, no, you're, good. The you're good. Was it right on time? Good. Excellent. All right. Thank you very much. Talk to you later. I hope to have you on again. Thank you so much for your time.